0: Okay, welcome back, everybody. It's been a while. Sorry about that little uh, delay. But we are here for episode 27. How are you guys doing? Ready to play some D&D? Yeah. yeah. Can't wait.
1: Let's go. All right, so... (laughs) New baby edition. (laughs) New baby. baby. You won't
0: hear any cries. She is downstairs. But for everybody wondering, she is doing well. Born a little early. Wasn't planning on that. But um, everything's going really well. And we're just excited to be back. So... Who wants to give me the recap? What happened last Not time? It. Like a Not month it. ago? Not
1: it. <sighs> Shit! A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Brian.
0: or Jamal? Jamal, why don't you do it?
1: Well, we went to Cotton Candy Mountain. Um, Wait, village. Village. We went to Cotton Candy, right Cotton Candy Mountain is the thing from a YouTube video. Um, <laughs> Charlie <laughs> the
0: friends. Charlie.
1: It's a Leo Pluridon, Charlie. Um, so we went to Cotton Candy Village. I remember we had just got there and uh like creepy 5 nights at freddy's animatronic rabbit has been following us around the amusement park telling us uh creepy rhymes and we played hockey very badly correction correction Doug played <laughs> hockey Doug played, <laughs> <Tug> played <laughs> hockey while Carl and Durf basically rolled around on the ground uselessly <laughs> and uh what was the other thing we did didn't we do two um attractions
0: No you definitely only did one you went to the mansion
1: Did we go to the mansion first
0: You went yeah. to Rusty's mansion first
1: Yeah and then we realized we had to go back out to the other attractions oh, right. Wait, before if, we could continue. Like, get all the Legend of Zelda, like, bobbles to put in <laughs> slots.
0: <laughs> Correct. There, there's going to be a Legend of Zelda reference in every single episode. So yes, there were, there were these golden plates, like these slots, and um, you found your first one on Ice Cream Island after you defeated the snowman and animatronic penguins with knees, um, shooting the pucks into the holes there, and yeah, you found a golden plate. And you had just left there. Are you guys ready to go somewhere else? Or what do you want to do? You're
1: up. So there are three other. We got like Chaco Mountain or whatever. We got uh like some palm trees. I forget what that one is. I think we should go. I think we didn't we say we were going to go to Chaco Mountain next. Yeah, Didn't we say that in the episode? It's been a long time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. Like, I'm pretty sure we we gave in to Kirk's demand of Ice Cream Island if we could go to Chaco Mountain next.
0: Yeah, Durf and Tug were arguing over who wanted to go where. And Durf said Chaco Mountain just out of spite. (laughs) So it's up to you.
1: Well, wait. But so we did Ice Cream Island, though. So Chaco Mountain. I'm saying I think at the end of last episode, weren't we on the way to Chaco Mountain explicitly? Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Uh, I don't think so, but you can be. I think we you guys were, now. were just done. Uh,
1: that's how I remember yep. it. Okay. Retcon. Fair enough. At the end of last so episode, Mountain we were going is? to Chaco Mountain. Chaco Mountain. I hope we fight
2: an Augustus Gloop-themed boss here. <laughs> so if you can call that
0: audible on our way there, then that's great. I might great. be able to do that. I am the DM after all. Okay. So here we go. You leave Ice Cream Island. You walk across the park past that central area where you saw that Big, uh, basically, statue of Rusty in the center of the park. You're passing, you know, heaps of twisted metal, colorful decorations that have been toppled over or broken, plenty of like rides that are clearly no longer in, in functional form. And you come to the end of a path underneath an archway that says Chaco Mountain, a big wooden archway. You see before you a, a ginormous rock formation. It kind of looks like if you know the Matterhorn from Disneyland. Oh, uh, the ex- Agrocrag Crag
1: from Global from Guts? G-
0: from Guts, right. Eh, similar, yeah. Let's a little a- bit bigger the than Matterhorn that. The Matterhorn is
1: also a real mountain.
2: Uh, oh, so is, is it? the Agrocrag, Crag. <laughs> I guess you don't pay attention <laughs> to true. 90s uh, competitive sports the, shows. The, the
1: Matterhorn <laughs> and the Agrocrag Crag in Switzerland right next to each other.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one has actuators and it will shoot glitter in your eyes.
0: What does the Matterhorn do? <laughs> uh, okay, so it's completely dead, though. Um, it's just a big heap of rock. Or it looks like it looks like it's metal that has been shaped into a big rock. Um, this thing is huge, like hundreds and hundreds of feet tall. Uh, completely dead. There's there's a bunch of empty dark caves sticking out of it. Um, but it is dry as a bone and you see a bridge ahead of you that leads to a small ticket booth at the base of this inactive ski lift rigging that's got wooden benches that hang on ropes that that lead high up to the peak and onto a ledge that disappears into the mountain.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, I ain't paying. Nope. (laughs) We're already in the shit for not paying to get in. No sense in paying for this ride. Walk past the ticket booth, guaranteed. Tug ain't stopping.
0: Well, this is kind of like a booth that you saw um, at Ice Cream Island uh, when you first met Rusty and he got you all situated with the uh, hockey sticks and, and, and skates and whatnot. So as you approach it to pass it, a metal rabbit flicks upwards, just like before, and you hear the sound of a crackle of a speaker. He wears an orange wool hat and sports a bushy brown beard atop his familiar wide grin. Overalls cover up his upper half as he holds a large pickaxe across his chest. And he says. Welcome to Chaco Mountain.
2: Up you go and down the slide. Please keep your hands and feet inside the ride.
0: I sure do hope you're not allergic to dairy or the monsters inside will be double as scary.
1: Derf rolls his eyes. (laughs)
0: You hear the ski lift ahead of you jerk forward and begin to churn, but not a second later a large explosion is heard from the docking station as black smoke billows out from the machinery. And you hear the rabbit chime in once again.
1: Oops, it
0: seems we're having some trouble. Our workers will be on it on the double. But if you're running short on time, I guess you'll just have to climb.
2: <laughs> I'll wait, I'm good. <laughs> Tug's good. <laughs> Uh we can go. There's other places. There's other uh, baubles we have to get. That is
1: technically true.
2: Um, maybe
1: we should just head on down to Jelly Jungle and uh, <laughs> wait for them to fix this. All right, off to Jelly Jungle. Yep, sure. We start marching. Wait, seriously? Hope yep. hope,
0: hope the maintenance crew gets <laughs> there while it's we're broken. gone. <laughs> okay, pardon the noise of me flipping pages. <laughs> <laughs> Uh Okay, alright, you leave Choco Mountain Let the record Just show like if there's
2: any mechanical issues with this one We're coming back to Chocolate Mountain
0: <laughs> Alright, you, uh, okay, this will be fun Alright, you make your way uh, back to the center of the park And then to the southwest co- Welcome back everybody You mean the tavern <laughs> You make your way to the southwest corner Of Cotton Candy Village Following bamboo arrows that sit on posts dug into the earth Finally, the path ends at a wooden archway with the words jelly jungle painted in purple bubble letters across the top. At this point, the sky is starting to darken. It's getting like to be late afternoon. Um, the stars and the moon are starting to come out in the sky. In front of you last, lies a vast jungle with tall, twisted trees with leaves of green and bright blue. Lanterns hang from their branches to light the path that curves up ahead. A ticket booth, another booth, sits at the base of the left side of the archway.
2: Let's stroll on up. Hold hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. second. We can't do that yet. Why is that? Uh, Because you're the boy, the tug, the thug, mug bar is. I was just looking at my character sheet from four and a half months ago, or whenever the last time we recorded was, and uh, I'm at five hit points.
0: I swear, no, 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 I no, no, We healed, up. healed yeah, you all Yeah, I did up. a, yeah, I did a, a it.
1: healing spirit and we stood in it forever
0: Yeah, yeah. Durf we're, threw down I'm a at total i health yep.
2: Right, you also didn't do anything You two were all, you know, all fours doing nothing To no, be fair, I after had an assist
1: the, After the fight, I cast a healing spirit Which we all stood in until we were at full health again Pretty sure You, let the, record show. you the tavern, everyone, Carl welcome back also had an assist, <laughs> sir
0: All right
2: yeah, you're at full health. Everyone's at full health. Am I at full health, full key points,
0: everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, key points no, because you didn't have a short rest. You didn't have like a long rest or anything.
2: Maybe we should take a rest right here. Yeah, let's take a nap. Well, wait, wait. It's nighttime <laughs> yeah, anyway. I'm, no, I'm
0: we can say through that whole thing you guys have a short rest. I, do you recover key points on a short rest, Kirk? Do you know?
2: Of course I don't know that. <laughs> You're useless. I'm not disagreeing with that either.
0: Oh my god! Key point short rest. The worst fucking podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you spend a key point. It is unavailable until you finish a short or long rest. You have all key points left. Boom, baby! The thugs. Remember that. (laughs) Okay. All right. What's the plan?
2: Um, we'll see if this ride works. If not, we're back to Chaco Mountain.
0: All right. (laughs) Another metal cutout of Rusty the rabbit. Hold on. Hold on. Question.
2: Every time we walk by a booth, does it trigger this interaction?
0: Mm,
1: Maybe. You don't know. I picture Rusty the rabbit this time holding a tiki torch with a white polo shirt and brown khaki pants.
0: Plus, this this time. That's just me. I don't know. This time he sports a wide brimmed safari hat and a bushy mustache. So he's
2: the hunter from Jumanji.
0: I was thinking more like uh, what's that old <laughs> Disney show or Nickelodeon show. The wild thornberry. I'm
2: Nigel Thornberry.
0: Nigel, <laughs> Nigel Thornberry. Uh, okay. He's, he sports a wide brimmed safari hat and a bushy mustache on his torso is a multi-pocketed beige flak jacket, white fur underneath. And uh, you hear the crackling of a speaker and a little sound. And he says, apricot, grape, strawberry, cherry. Jelly is yummy.
2: Not evil or scary. But not in my jungle. Soon you will learn that dangers they lurk around every turn. If you want my prize, then forward you go. Be careful—it's sticky in the trenches below.
1: Uh, so how about candy cane chasm?
0: <laughs> Did you say chasm? Yeah, chasm, chasm, either one. Does anyone say chasm? I don't know. Let's check Miriam. Probably Webster. people
2: named Chaz. All right, I'm Tug's going into the Jizz Jungle and getting something popping. Here we go. All
0: right, all right. The lanterns continue to light the path ahead of you and around the bend, uh, past multiple decrepit jungle-themed rides and attractions in disrepair, until finally the lights end. And at this point, it's it's night. It's nighttime. They end at a large straw-roofed docking station. Several steps lead up to a wooden platform containing rows of broken, color-faded pontoon boats. A roped-off K... Or is it Q? Now I'm fucking words up. Like, if it's a line... It's a Q. A Q. Q. I don't know why I said K. (laughs) With a a K? (laughs) Oh, oh my... That's
2: way worse than
0: yeah, than chasm slash chasm. Whatever. <laughs> he was a math
2: teacher. Damn it. I'm Canadian. This isn't even my first language.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Continue. All right. All right. All right. A rope. A roped. <laughs> a roped off queue curves around in a zigzag pattern ending at the opposite end of a platform that drops off 30 feet down into a dark trench. Large pillars stretch up from the bottom to hold a metal track that enters the station from the left before turning parallel to the platform's edge just below your feet. The track then continues along the length of the platform before leaving the station, disappearing around a bend riddled with jungle trees across from the wide trench. Thick jungle continues on, and also in this on this platform in this hut is a door to the left past a series of like broken down pontoon boats that's marked with employees only.
1: Hmm. We're gonna open that door, right? Yeah.
2: Let's let's open that do door. You, do you, you want me to repeat this?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going we're going for the door first.
2: The employees only door for sure. For yep. Yeah, yeah. We all work here now. All
0: right, uh, Carl. Since you said it, you walk up to the door and you jiggle the handle and you find that it's locked.
2: Kick it. Kick that motherfucker open. You, Which one are you doing? Uh, uh, shotgun as the best burglar. Tug Tug's gonna gonna go in on a slide of hand on that. Okay.
0: Okay, so you're not <laughs> kicking it over.
2: No, no, no. Durf said it first. I was I was going to I was going to kick it in, but once I once I saw uh 20. Durf, Durf get his uh
0: <laughs> twenty.
2: <laughs> I mean I guess twenty stands.
0: <laughs> What did you roll? Uh, An 11. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. So, Durf, uh, you easily, uh, you hop right up there, and you're able to pick the lock with no problem, and, and it opens up. On the other side um, is more jungle. However, in front of you is a dirt path that leads forward. And after following it for a while, you come to a rickety bridge that spans the length of this trench. So essentially what I was explaining before is basically like a lazy river where you have pontoon boats on a track, except the trench is completely uh, empty and dried out. But you cross this bridge that goes over, over through the jungle over this trench, Um, And you come out of the trees to a clearing and you find a large rectangular area surrounded by a tall chain link fence. The inside of the complex contains several straw roofed buildings, benches, tables and outhouses clearly meant for the workers of the park by the large sign that says employees only chained to the gate before you. Most of the buildings are half-destroyed or have fallen over completely, but there is one in the east corner of this area that still has its doors and roof fully intact.
2: Uh, is there a lock to the fence, or is it just like a complete compound? Like, is there something There's else?
0: There's no lock. Uh, the gate the gate doors are actually kind of like tilted to the side, like it's been busted open.
2: All right, well, uh, Tug goes in, and I'm heading towards the, the one... Um, shelter that looks still remotely intact.
1: Can Durf do a okay. nature check? Is this like real jungle, or is it
0: fake? You could do a nature check. Let's do a nature check. Um, 21. 21? Oh yeah, you could definitely tell this is an artificial jungle. The trees are not real wood. They clang when you bang on them. Um, the leaves seem to be dripping with this kind of like uh, jelly um sap substance that's sweet to the taste um but everything else is is it's completely artificial not real trees you don't sense any signs of like real natural life cool carl what are you doing
1: i'm going to make for the the shack the one that's still standing with a roof okay i'll stick i'll stick with the squad yeah
0: all right everybody's getting going to this this building um You open the door and it creaks open and it is a dim room unlit. So at this point it's, it's pitch black outside. There's a couple torches around that, that send off a little bit of light. But as you open this door, it's completely dim and pitch black. um, And it's got scattered tables and chairs, trash littering the floor on the opposite wall is a row of lockers. Some of them are open. Some of them are closed. Some of the doors hang loosely on broken hinges but there is one, uh, but there's one thing that is common to all of them. They all have name badges on the doors.
1: What do they say?
0: Well, you read them. And from left to right, you read Bonnie, Lawrence, Michael, Deb, Christina, Hannah, Rachel, Kevin, Andrew, Colin, Daniel, Matthew, Chris, and Rusty.
1: I'm opening Rusty's lockers. There is it already open.
0: Uh, Rusty's locker is shut. I'm
1: going to, and
0: as you go to open it, it's locked.
1: I'm going to pick the lock. I'm t- tempted to pick the lock. All right. Go for it, Carl. 15.
0: Uh, you jiggle that lock. Um, and it takes you, a, a takes you a, a long while, but you do end up forcing it open. And the locker opens up and inside is completely empty except for an ID badge that hangs on a hook and a dusty, leather-bound journal.
1: I'm going to open the journal and start reading. All
0: right, you crack open the journal, and you find that most of the pages are ripped and torn, or some of the ink is faded or smeared. Um, The the pages, most of them are waterlogged. But you do make out a few entries, including the very first one, and it says, it, it reads this. This place is fucking awesome. I can't believe I landed this job. Jason's one of the nicest guys, too. He runs the place, lets us take breaks, pays us well. He even brought donuts for the whole crew last week. Can't wait for tomorrow. I've been working really hard on my juggling. The kids are going to love it. And as you flip through the journal, another entry just a few pages later is also legible. I got my first tip today. Some lady and her kids... They thought my basket was a tip jar. (laughs) Pretty soon, people were all around me watching me jungle, just throwing money at me. Not sure how Jason's going to feel about it, though. What he doesn't know won't hurt him, right? Good thing you wrote
1: it down, Rusty.
0: (laughs) Says the lawyer. (laughs) There's a stack of ripped pages after that um, before you come to the next entry. Uh, It looks like about a year later, just by the sheer number of, of pages you pass. The jig is up. Jason found out about my little tip scandal docked my pay, and took all the coins I've been saving. I guess I deserve that. I did manage to keep my lucky coin, though. You know, the two-headed one I was talking about. The one I found in the bottom of my basket a year ago? Probably not worth anything, but at least it looks cool, right? Pages and pages of smeared ink pass before the next legible entry. I can't stop thinking about that money. It was mine, right? I learned to juggle. I entertained families. I make them laugh. Why shouldn't it be mine i earned it i want it back and you flip through the remainder of the journal you only make out a few more words and short phrases scrawled messily on the pages progressively letters become more jagged and hard to read the ink darker and pressed more firmly into the paper it was mine cotton candy my coins village will be mine jason must die and that's the end of the journal
2: nice Um, and there's a jason locker right
0: uh there is not a jason locker
2: in my defense you read off like 40 names
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's Uh, not a jason locker but you know from the first entry um you can tell let's see from the first entry he said i'll just repeat this um uh he said jason's one of the nicest guys too he runs the place he took his tips though i hope he got him
2: yeah criminal um Tug is gonna go over to uh, the Hannah locker and uh, say some lines. Mm, I bet she was a dime piece. Let me crack this open. <laughs>
0: uh, this one is this one is already open. It's got like the the locker's um, front is just already on hinges. Uh, you do see um, inside it. This is already an open locker, but you see inside it um, a, a bucket that is completely dried up, and a mop, and uh, a large brown uh, kind of like overcoat. Uh on puts hook. on the overcoat. Okay. You have an overcoat. Yes.
1: It's a it's
0: a good looking overcoat. Wasn't there a crisp? Yes.
1: I cracked that sucker open.
0: Yeah, that one's completely empty. Some cobwebs.
1: Nice. Just like me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just gonna <laughs> rifle through all of them.
0: Okay. Um so start, as you yeah. like you scroll through, you don't find really anything of note. You find a bunch of different outfits that look like workers at a park I mean you find janitor outfits you find um a couple more entertainer outfits you find like an elephant costume you find a a um what else you find you find a, a construction worker costume almost like so or not a costume but an outfit almost like someone that would work on the rides to fix up the rides things like that.
1: Durf, Durf. looks at the name badge that Carl failed to look at.
0: All right, uh, on his ID badge is a faded photograph of a man with greasy long black hair pulled back in a tight ponytail. Durf, he he is cheesing hard in this in this photo with big bug eyes and a wide toothy grin, almost like a cartoon character. Under his name are the words Rusty Entertainer.
1: Does does he look like like if? Rusty, the animatronic rabbit, was a man? Does he look like Rusty, the human, on his ID
0: card? Between the large large eyes and the wide grin, yeah, you could definitely tell some kind of resemblance. Hold on, that any cartoon version of anything would have? No, no, no. He's saying, like, is the picture that's on the ID badge of the real guy similar to the Rusty that you guys have seen? Like, if you pictured his face on... If this he was a fur,
1: if he had a fursona. Right. Oh god. Fursona.
0: <laughs> I like it. Right, whatever. I'm I'll, just gonna will allow <laughs> it.
2: Did you just assume uh <laughs> I don't I don't even know what the word is there. Uh, did you just assume genus?
1: <laughs> um <laughs> so I guess I relay to the squad. <laughs> i don't know i think the <laughs> robot rabbit is uh rusty who killed jason's persona.
2: uh speaking of rusty wow we are awful <laughs> we this is this has been a rough uh re-engaging into this
1: story that's
0: that's it's sure. good i don't know
1: if you guys are actually drinking i am not but this is by far our drunkest episode in a long time <laughs> Our second drunkest being the only
2: one that you were blackout in. (laughs) Episode four,
0: Eugene, live for me. (laughs) Funniest moment of the podcast. We haven't seen Eugene in a while. That's true. Um,
1: Well, I don't know. So do you guys understand
0: what's going on from the journal entry and from... Do you want to discuss that as characters? Yeah,
2: so like Rusty... Okay, so... So, um, so this rusty furry fursona, uh, as a person murdered the owner and then imbued himself, an animatronic animal of some sort, and now he's in charge and putting us through the paces and murdered everybody. At least murdered, what's his name? Jason. So. No. Is that.
1: Am I way off? Is he, maybe, is he somewhere alive, like, talking through an intercom? I mean, he could be still in the, he could be in the mansion. He could be in the mansion. That would be my, that would be my guess, is he's in the mansion. With an intercom. Yeah. Speaking through his multiple fursonas. Well, I mean, it's all the same persona, It's just different
2: I'm just going to say, like, as a human being, I'm very upset that I know that's a word now. <laughs> like, that is something that I know, and it's a part of me now, and I'm kind of bummed about it.
1: Uh, I don't know. I, to, I can't so tell I, from so Joe's reaction are we gonna whether we're we going to get on this fucking right.
2: log flume or what? Are we going to get on this log flume or what? I thought we were walking around the back, kind of.
1: Yeah, yeah. Before we leave the building, I grab the mop that was in Hannah's locker and throw it to Durf. And just look at him and say, just in case. Strong. Okay. <laughs> Do you take it? I, Do you now wield him up? I take it with me. Leaf tip and a
2: (laughs) Yes. So as the camera is inside the locker room looking at the door as we're leaving, Tug is the last one out and steps out and then cracks the door back open, pokes his head in, looks at the camera, and just shakes his head and sighs, (laughs) and then closes it to end that scene.
0: (laughs) Okay, good. All right, you head out from the employees-only area and you head back to this main docking station where you see the track. And again, this is a, a track that's about 20 feet tall, Um, Kind of in a Y shape. So if you think of the bottom of the Y as the pillar that comes up from the dry trench. And then it comes out where there's a flat part where you could kind of walk on. Or you can jump down into the trench. It's totally up to you.
1: Well, Rusty said that the trench was going to be full of jelly that's like bad or something. So I do not jump down in the trench. Okay. There hops over onto the track.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a easy easy enough. You don't even have to roll for that. It's only about three feet from the actual uh, edge of the platform where these pontoon boats are.
1: So I guess there's two directions, or is there one direction that's like the obviously the direction of the ride?
0: You can tell. Uh, if you look further down on the track, you see one pontoon boat that's still kind of like on its hinges, or, or it's it's attached to the bottom of the track, and it looks like it's facing to the right, as in that's the direction that the ride went.
1: A stroll in that direction.
0: Okay, what about uh, you guys? Same.
1: Der, uh Tug follows Derp. Carl will also follow along.
0: Alright. So you guys head down this track uh for quite a while. The the jungle opens up to a wider grotto eventually as the tracks bend to the right along the outside edge. Um, and there are torches all along this pathway. You're basically walking in the center of you think was once a river. As you look down, you can barely see the bottom of this trench. And you see just globs of, of purple jelly spotted around the walls and around the floor. Um, and then this track bends to the right. And eventually it opens up to a wider grotto where you see... Um, your track bending a little bit to the to the left around a a island that is formed in the middle of this this wider space, and the, on top of the island is a pillar, and the pillar is about twenty feet tall, just of straight brick, about twenty feet tall, about ten feet wide, and on the uh, island in front of you is what looks like a broken wing of a dragon statue that you see at the top of the pillar.
2: Uh... Oh, check it out. Yeah, is the pillar so tall that we can't scale it or anything?
0: Um, You could definitely scale it. You'd have to jump over to the island, but you could definitely scale it if you wanted to.
2: Uh, Tug jumps over to the island.
0: Okay. Do you want to try to scale this pillar? Yeah. All right, give me an athletics check.
2: All right, I'm going to use a key point as a monkey to automatically pass.
0: Okay, sweet. So mark that on your character sheet. And you climb up to this pillar, and you see uh, at the top of the pillar is a a broken dragon statue. Clearly one of the wings is broken off. That's what you saw at the base. Um, And as you finally get to the top, about 20 feet tall, you see over this jungle, you see over this jungle, and you see this river go um, to the right and down a path and curve around. You basically see the entire loop that it makes around this entire kingdom, this Jelly Jungle Kingdom. And on the far opposite end, is a giant shack, a big old cabin, is what it looks like. uh The roof has been caved in slightly at the front, but you can tell that the track that you are currently on, that your friends are currently on, is going to go around a loop and eventually hit that, and then come back around towards the um, towards the main platform.
2: Uh, I will convey that information to Tug and or excuse me, to Durf and Carl, and uh. Point out that that's probably our destination within this ride.
0: All right, so you're climbing down?
2: Yep, I'm going to climb back down and then uh, obviously tell them that the decrepit shack on the path and that, uh, you know, staying to the track would be the easiest way to get there. And um, I think we should go to the shack to the decrepit shack cabin thing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: All right. Sweet. So you guys want to continue on the track? Yes, Yes.
1: absolutely.
0: Okay, nice. All right, so you you climb down off this island. You hop back onto the track. It's not very far once again. And you keep walking. You keep walking down this track above this this, uh, trench that's 30 feet below you. And eventually, after another 30 minutes or so, Um, The path narrows and then opens up again to another large, wide area, just like the one you were in. Up ahead, as you're walking, you see that the tracks suddenly stop. They just end. And a 20-foot gap stands between you and where it continues. And as you look down, you see that the pillar holding up one of the sections has crumbled down to the ground. And you see pieces of twisted metal that lay in a heap on the trench floor in front of you.
1: How far down is it to the trench floor?
0: About 30 feet.
1: Uh, and does it look like we'd be able to scale the other side if we climb down?
0: Uh, give, me an, uh, give, me a, give me an investigation check. That's about 20 feet away from you, and it's dark, so.
1: I can see in the dark. It's a three.
0: Okay. Carl, you have no idea. And for, <laughs> you can, It's very difficult for you to even see the track in front of you guys.
1: I have dark vision. I can see it fine, right?
0: Yeah, go ahead and roll an investigation check. Though it's just their DC will be less.
1: <laughs> Natural one. Okay. Nope. You don't see it either, <laughs> Elf. <laughs> um, I ha- I can use my spectacles of the Shrouded Moonshark to leap the chasm.
0: You can. Which is now
1: the <laughs> which is now the canon pronunciation in this show. Nice. Okay. Do you want to do that? I, I don't want to leave everybody behind
0: can can tug use his eyes maybe <laughs> yeah go ahead use an investigation check on the pillar 16 okay yeah you can see that the pillar across is made of it's made of like metal and stone intermixed so there are definitely handholds and footholds uh it'll take some effort but it's definitely scalable um if you've got the if you've got enough athletics
1: wait so what's on either side of us couldn't we just hop off the track, walk 20 feet and hop back on?
0: No, you are. You are basically the track is in the center of if you were to think of a dried up river. Right. So on either side of you, like 30 feet on either side is the jungle on uh on kind of like the top of a cliff that continues on this thick, thick jelly jungle that continues on in either direction. But you went on the track. So you are currently in the middle of all that. So there's no leaping from either side.
1: Hmm, unless I use my Spectacles of the Shrouded Moonshark.
0: If
2: if Durf can jump across, I can use Cable Call to get Carl and I across.
0: Yeah, you probably could, for sure.
2: Then let's do that. But that would so be can... your
0: only use of Cable Call. Just remember, you only get one. But you can do it, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather not just
2: arbitrarily die in a 30-foot-deep pit in a cotton candy village, so I think that's a fine use of
1: it.
0: <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So, Durf, you're going to jump across?
1: Yep, I will crank my spectacles of the shrouded moon shark to the moonshoes setting, which allows me <laughs> to jump my speed, which is 30, um and I'm just going to hop across with the cable call.
0: Okay, at the same time as the cable call.
2: No, so I just po- I just point the cable call and then it'll pull us over, so we're good. Right.
0: So, Sweet. I just
2: need Carl to to give me a big old hug. Hold on tight.
0: All right. All right. Sweet. So um Durf, I don't think we talked about this because I made these this item up. And this might change your decision, but I thought about your spectacles. And I think just like the cable call, they can only be used once per long rest. That's right. Because if you could just jump constantly, it would be pretty broken. Extremely so, broken.
1: Um yeah. that's fine. I'll use them.
0: Okay. All right. So you all three managed to get across. Excellent. As you cross to, you look down into this trench and you see that there are vents on either side, um, vents on either side of this cliff face and the vents suddenly open up as you pass and purple jelly just spills out of it on into the trench floor, just covering the trench floor, flooding that part of the river. Um, and it's weird because you see it flood out and it's thick, but it's almost like it has a mind of its own. Like tendrils of it are crawling forward to fill in the spaces around the cracks in this area.
1: But it ain't shit because we jumped over it, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. you yeah, rusty. Where you at? Where you at?
1: <laughs> anyway, we keep walking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, into the into the cabin. <laughs> Unimpressed right. by the Derp by says the jelly. Hmm, curious. And keeps walking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, All right. To be fair,
2: it's hard to get shocked by like an automatically filling pool of jelly when we've seen a dragon with a head uh, like a quarter of a mile wide.
1: (laughs) That's fair. All
0: right. You travel on this path for a couple hours. Um, You don't see really anything of note until all of a sudden the quiet of the jungle is cut like a knife by the sound of a scream up ahead.
1: Uh, Carl rushes towards where
0: he thinks the scream came from. Okay. I'll follow. Yep. Alright, you you guys come to another broken section of the track up ahead, uh, and and they continue 20 feet in front of you before disappearing into this large hut, this large shack that that, uh, Tug had seen from before. It's nestled under a group of jungle trees, and below... Below you, where this track kind of ends, the trench, it slopes upward into this shack, into this broken entrance. It looks like a steep climb, but navigable except for the streams of purple jelly that are on this upward slope, flowing against gravity towards the dark interior. So it's kind of climbing up this slope underneath you.
1: So I'm kind of confused. The track track ends or is broken?
0: Your track ended. About 20 feet in front of you, you see it continue on, but then it disappears inside the shack. And underneath that section is a sloped area, like a a very steep slope upwards into the shack. And on that slope, you see uh, streams of purple jelly kind of climbing upwards against gravity into this dark interior.
1: So basically, we would need to jump again, and we can't because I used my use.
0: Right. You could potentially climb down without taking damage, if you roll well enough. But
1: you'd have to, we'd have to fuck with the jelly. But I have a mop.
0: You do have, you Actually, have a mop. that's genius. <laughs> 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 fuck yes. As you're, standing, as you're standing on the edge, another similar scream you hear is muffled from inside.
1: Um, I wonder if there's any animals I could turn into that can jump really far. Anybody else got an idea? Yeah, I guess, I I guess we're in, in a, on the mop. a hurry. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I don't know this
2: person. Fuck that person. That's true. That's true. Everybody we know how is far, dead. So gives the How
0: far the chasm? Or, or
1: the chasm? About yeah. twenty
0: feet. Twenty feet.
1: Uh, all right, guys, hop on my back. It worked once. Let's see if it'll work again. Whatever. Tug what? uh, t- Tug's in. I have no idea what the fuck he's talking Durf, about. Durf, Durf does also not have any idea what he's talking about, but he's so confident when he said it.
2: That's right. The fact that he said we've done it before, <laughs> we'll do it again, uh, leads me to believe that Tug knows exactly
1: what's about to go down. Yeah, yeah. Once, once, Durf, once Durf and uh, Tug are secure, I'm going to use Misty Step.
0: <laughs> okay. To go to the tr- towards the track? Yep. And that lets you travel how far? Thirty feet. Oh shit! Okay, so tell me what this looks like. Um. Wait, wait, wait. Can you carry more than one creature? We allowed it. We allowed it uh, at the island of
1: our fake Woodhaven. Cannon. When I was saving a person, it's cannon. But, you,
0: but I think it's just one person, right?
1: It doesn't say. It doesn't say. It. It doesn't say any amount of people. To be fair, I'm probably the weight of his shield. Cannon. Like. You you I I carried a full bodied person last time. This time it's a full bodied person and
0: one fourth of a person. Okay. I'll allow it since I allowed it before. That's fine. Yeah. I'm also
1: I think slightly smaller than a human. I'm part elf. Maybe I'm wrong. I guess
0: elves are normal sized in this game. Elves are usually pretty tall. Yep. Yeah. Alright, so you uh so tell me what this looks like, Carl.
1: Uh Durf is like sitting on my shoulders like we're in the pool and you're chicken fighting. And then Durf is just like Doug kind of hanging between on his he's, his arms are wrapped around my thighs his head is like popping up between my legs right where my <laughs> where my junk is nice and then we're just you know we vanish and then we appear on the other side
0: nice So in a, in a poof of smoke you disappear and then reappear 20 feet ahead on the next track okay nice job expend that stuff well, I waved I wave, yeah, wave right.
1: the mop at the jello mockingly <laughs> I was about to say, at least do it angrily, but
0: mockingly works. You see a jelly hand reach up from this this thing that's crawling against gravity, and it just flicks you off.
1: (laughs) Okay, guys, that jelly stuff is fucked up.
0: (laughs) Anybody else see that?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Real fucked up. Real fucked up.
0: So let's go find that scream, Yeah. yeah? yep all right all right you head inside uh finally reaching the inside of the hut uh the inside tracks make a wide loop around the outside walls and back out of the hut on the other side in the center of it all inside this giant shack is a large rocky jungle scene full of taxidermied animals there are bodies of hippos, tigers, birds of many colors, monkeys, reptiles, and a huge constrictor snake. It's kind of like the inside of, what is that, Bass Pro Shop? You know, like yeah. in the middle of it? Is that being seen? <laughs> yeah.
1: Derf is feeling
0: it. <laughs> okay. But all of them, and this is the creepy part, have the same twisted head of a rabbit. They've all been decapitated. But on top of each of them is the same twisted head of a rabbit. Like a and th-
1: an actual rabbit or rusty persona rabbit?
0: Rusty persona rabbit. Persona. Mm-hmm. Persona. <laughs> Very good. And then in the middle of this jungle scene is the, the main action that draws your attention immediately. Um, it's the source of the screaming. A teenage girl in a dirty yellow dress is pinned against the body of the hippo backing slowly away from a monstrosity that lies before you. Eight feet tall and just as wide is what can only be described as an animated blob of jelly. Its bulbous body drips with the purple stuff as it leaves globs of sticky goo in its wake. The torchlight amongst the jungle scene flickers in the dark, and you catch a glimpse of something shiny inside of its translucent body. All at once, the blob lurches forward and extends a dripping maw towards the girl. She lets out a final scream before she is devoured, her struggling body sucked inside the monster's belly. You watch as her blurred silhouette squirms inside and gasps for air.
2: This sounds like the uh, Dungeon and Dragon classic monster gelatinous cube.
0: Tog doesn't know what that is.
2: <laughs> uh, tug, tug doesn't, but Kirk does. This is a
1: picture uh, I drew of it. And wait, so the, so the little me. girl is in it, but like maybe alive, floating no, inside of it. Clearly, that
0: clearly squirming around.
1: Okay, now she's dead. Um, mop that fucker up.
0: <laughs> you guys, honestly, like the
2: strongest it? thing we have in our arsenal is that mop right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, glad somebody thought to bring it along. <laughs> I, I mop it.
0: Let's roll initiative. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to You Meet in the Tavern. Uh, we've been gone for a long time. If you didn't see on social media, my daughter was born, and everything's going really well. I just wanted to take some time to be with my family and kind of take care of of her. So, but we're glad to be bla- back. with it. We're glad to be back playing some D and D and sharing our sharing our show with you. So, thanks for uh, giving us a little bit of time, and we'll be should be good to go going forward. I don't have too much for you in this little ad break, this mid-roll. We still are planning on doing the Star Wars one-shot with Jamal DMing. That's going to be an Edge of the Empire game. We're looking to push that back until... Maybe mid-April with all this stuff that that happened. Um, so be, look, be just be on the lookout for that on our on our Twitch stream. We'll send some stuff out as a reminder when it gets closer on on Twitter and Facebook and all that place all those places. Um, if you don't follow us already, we would appreciate the follow. Uh, you can find us on all social media platforms at YMIA Tavern. Uh, other ways to get in touch with the show: if you look in our episode description, there should be links to our Discord, to our Reddit page, um, a lot of different ways to communicate with other fans and communicate with with the show members the cast so definitely check those out if you haven't already please consider writing us an itunes review it helps us get uh get people to check out our show and bumps us up bumps us up the ranks of DD podcasts. so we'd really appreciate you to leave a good review if you're enjoying what you hear Um, Other than that, I'm going to read off some awesome people that support the show via Patreon. That's patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. The following people donate $15 or more a month towards our show, which helps greatly with new equipment and conventions and art and music that we pay for and just all sorts of stuff that makes this show and our community better so here we go david ashley cole andre k jello crew kurt nolan ursula bertea chris sale james jc acclotz who wants to give a shout out to sneak attack and bombarded podcast nick sassy mark albright tarkin davis eleanor fitchett sierra clark jim saunders jason ford sean myers nathan bellew john Dalström. thank you guys so much for your donations to the show all right, that's it for me. Don't want to keep you too long from the action of Cotton Candy Village. Enjoy the rest of the episode, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye bye.
1: Are we fighting it? It's it, sounds like just mopping it, 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 it flicked mop. me off and it just ate a little girl. I guess we should probably fight You don't fight just
0: it. insta-mop up the boss of this <laughs> kingdom.
1: Depends on how I roll. <laughs> 20. 12 for, 12 for Tug.
0: All right, 20 for Durf. 7 for Carl.
1: Wait, is it plus Seven, dex or Carl. plus dex and proficiency?
0: It's just plus dex. That's what I thought. All right, Durf, you are up first. You guys are each, the track that you're on uh, is about 30 feet away from this jungle scene. So do what you want to do. You guys are each about 30 feet away.
1: I thought we were and the, in this, this uh, thing.
0: You're inside the shack, right? But you're still on the track that goes around, of it, I around
1: see. it. I see.
0: So, but you are about 30 feet away from the scene and um, and this, this thing, this jelly blob is faced away from you.
1: I'm going to... Throw fire at? No, I'm not going to throw fire at
0: it. You said you were going to mop it. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, I'll I'll <laughs> run forward and mop it.
0: You going to hit it with a mop? Yep. I'm, okay. I'm gonna. <laughs> this is.
1: I'm gonna <laughs> absorb it into my mop.
0: Okay. Let, let me look up. Uh, okay, hang on a second. What is this? Is a what's it called? Weapon? Improvised. A improvised weapon. I don't have stats for a mop. <laughs> Uh, okay, an improvised weapon includes any object you can wield in one or two w- <laughs> one or two hands, including a piece of glass, chair, of a table leg, frying pan, wagon wheel. So this counts as that. Um, this does one d4 damage.
1: But but like plus fifty to the goo because it's a mop.
0: I will allow you to do two d4 damage because it's a mop. <laughs> But you gotta hit first, and it's not with proficiency because you're not proficient in mops. Alright.
1: Would that be my strength modifier?
0: Yeah, it's a melee attack. 11. That'll
1: hit. Nice. Oh god. Oh god. (laughs) Alright. Fucking 6 damage.
0: Damn. Okay, so six damage to this thing. Uh, what's the attack look like?
1: I, mop it, I, I, I swipe the mop across the blob and absorb um, whatever percent of him is six damage into the okay. mop.
0: <laughs> Alright, what kind of damage is this be?
2: Please just look up Uh, toxic Avenger clips and figure out what uh, a mop
1: attack actually looks like. (laughs) Like a bow staff. Like I hit it with a bow staff but
0: I suck up part of his body. It's like a bludgeoning slash soaking damage. All right, yeah. And now you have a mop but it's soaked in this purple goo and this thing turns around at you and it's like and uh, Tug, you're up.
2: Um, So uh, taking a potion is a free action, right? Sure, yeah. I'm going to take my... You are
0: at full health still. Right.
2: Um, I'm going to take my Thundercloss out.
0: Oh, nice. Okay.
2: So it doubles the damage modifier on my attacks. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to come up and... I'm not going to expend a key point. I believe uh, I will just unleash two attacks on it. All right. I don't think me punching into jelly is going to
0: work out too well, but uh, <laughs> we've
2: to find out, I guess. But
0: your your fists are made of thunder and lightning. Is that what it is?
2: Um, without the, I I only took down like the notes of the buff. I don't know the details of the potion. All right, nineteen
0: and thirteen. Oh, those both hit.
2: So it's 2d6 plus 16.
0: hmm Let me look up the details of this potion so you can describe your attack. You go ahead and tell me how much damage.
2: Um, 8 plus 16, 24.
0: 24 damage? Holy shit. Yep. Okay. All right, so Thunderclaw Stout, this strong barley brew imbues the imbiber with a set of electric claws that turns unarmed combat into slashing damage. Ah, okay, so this is slashing damage... And doubles your ability modifier, so it's slashing damage. But you have electric claws that all of a sudden form on your fist as you slash through this thing. Um, and as you attack it with these claws, you slice straight through it, right in between the girl that's floating in there and this glistening object. And the jelly monster splits in two.
2: You're w- you're welcome.
0: And two gaping maws form into two different enemies. But now they're like half the size, right? They are a little bit smaller, yes. So there's one on the left of you, Tug, and there's one on the right of you. And uh, Carl, you're up. And one one has the girl inside of it. You can see the other one is the glittering object.
1: So I'm going to dash up to the one with the girl mm-hmm. oh, and lame. try and uh, reach into the blob and see if I can, like, grab a hold of her to pull her out.
0: Okay, um this is your action yeah all right give me a uh give me a let's see what would that be you're reaching in trying to like shove in and pull her out you just give me a straight strength roll with proficiency 23 23 all right you do it but as you do as you reach into this thing you're gonna take 11 acid damage as the purple goo burns your flesh, but you've managed to rip this girl out from inside of it. And she falls to the ground. She's completely unconscious, just covered in this purple goop all over her dress and her face. And it is that well, creature's her whole turn. body.
2: It was in there, right? So right. her whole body's covered.
0: Her whole body's covered. Yeah. Her dress. I mean, every, everything is covered. She is just covered in this purple goop. Um, And up next is that creature, and that creature is going to leap out at you, Carl, after you basically pulled in its food, and it's just going to strike out you with this bulbous jelly hand that comes out. And it rolls a 20, so you're going to take an additional 17 damage.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah, this, this acidic hand smashes against your chest and you get purple goop all over it. It starts to burn through your armor and your flesh and you get thrown backwards. The other one, the, the other half of it, Tug, is going to reach out at you with the same kind of attack. And it rolls a 16.
2: Uh, Just shy.
0: All right, so you duck under this giant jelly fist that comes and tries to pummel you kind of like a sideways right hook. Durf, you're up.
1: Um, I'll use a bonus action to throw down my Unicorn Totem. And then I will, on Carl, basically right where he's standing, Mm -hmm. cast my Healing Spirit. So he will heal for 2d6. So that will be 13 plus the 7 he gets for my Unicorn Totem is 20.
0: 20 damage, nice. And that's
1: a concentration spell, so the spirit will stay there for a minute, as long as I maintain my concentration. And anybody who enters it, if I want them to, can heal for 2d6. Um, What about, so does the girl heal?
0: Yeah, the girl will heal too. Yeah, yeah. If she's and if, if
1: she's she, hurt, she will heal. She doesn't
0: really have a turn, initiative turn. She's unconscious, but yeah, we could do that. Yep.
1: So I'll roll for her too. And you're at full health. Uh, that's mm-hmm. eight plus seven, so she she heals for fifteen.
0: Okay, so you see this purple goop kind of like melt away from her, and you hear a cough as she coughs up more of it. So she is back to uh, semi-consciousness. She's still on the ground, still dizzy and not talking or anything, but she looks better.
2: Nice. All right, Tug, you're up. Um so what I will do, because I, I have the shiny trinket half in front of me. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to use Um I'm gonna I'm gonna use a key point to slosh. Okay. And then I am going to because I'm not too sure how this attack actually works in the sense of um like time. Uh, Crazy Hermit opens cask. is That counts as, I guess, an attack action, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, so since I have... Uh, is my bonus action then sloshing?
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, Go. Okay, you great. go into this form that lets you... You go into this drunken form that lets you use these extra moves. And this hasn't
2: uh, come up before, but if I'm already sloshing... And I have my uh, drunken techniques available to me. Mm-hmm. Do I get? Can I like spend an extra key point to like flurry of blows to get an extra punch in before I do the open cast part?
0: Um. So tell me what open cast does again. It gives it.
2: It's the one where I kind of donkey kick out.
0: Yeah, you can use. Yeah, anytime you do an unarmed strike, you can use a key point to do an extra unarmed strike. With flurry of uh, blows, so
2: yeah, I can't. I can't this time because I used my bonus action to slosh. But right. it's good to know. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to spend uh, two key points, um, and then put the uh, gelatinous cube uh, on a deck save. Okay. And uh, hold on, I have to. I think I have to announce how many extra points I want to spend before I do this attack. Right. Um. So I will spend two extra.
0: So you spend a four total. Yeah. In addition to the one you spent before, okay, so you got five missing. Correct. Right.
2: That was that was my fifth one.
0: So I got to make a deck save here. Yep. All right. That is a six, a seven, seven.
2: Yeah, not close. Okay. So, um, Brian, can you roll seven d8s for me? Do we have an electronic thing? Yes, up? we do.
0: Nice. Does he fall prone to, or is that a different move?
2: Uh, I fall prone. And oh, you fall prone. Okay. No modifier. Uh, yeah, I just I fall prone. No okay. modifier. Thirty-three damage.
0: Thirty-three damage. Okay, nice. Tell me how it looks. He, he's not dead yet. Literally, just
2: jumps up and kind of kicks his feet in and like awkwardly gets stuck up to his waist mm-hmm. uh, in just <laughs> goose goo, and then yeah. just kind of wriggles his way out. And like, and then, and then, Tug lands on the floor.
0: Right, you kick purple goo to the left and the right, all over. It goes all around these these animatronic animals, all across the walls. Um, and this thing looks very damaged. It's almost like it shrunk in size from all this purple goop just flying uh, across the room. Carl, you're up.
1: Uh, so the scene, kind of looking over my shoulder and seeing that Tug has kind of damaged his uh, pretty significantly.
0: By the way, you heal again. You you do heal at the beginning of your turn again, yeah. Uh,
1: um, another thirteen. Uh, yeah, twenty. Uh, all of it. <coughs> yeah. So, uh, Tug's laying on the ground. Uh, this one's kind of badly damaged. I'm going to like, uh, reach down and grab him by the wrists. Tug. Yeah, grab Tug by the wrists. Okay. Um, and kind of like, twer- like pick him up and twirl, and then try and slam him down on the one he just attacked, using him literally (laughs) as a weapon.
0: As an improvised (laughs) weapon. Yeah. All right, 1d4 damage. Well, you got to roll an attack first. God, I hope you crit miss on this. 12? That will hit. Yeah! So roll 1d4. Plus strength, right? Yep, sure. Nine? Okay, nice. You don't kill it. (laughs) (laughs) But what? you have successfully hit it with tugs. So what's this look like? I guess you to twirl it. You smash him down. Um, any any extra um, fluff yeah, you want to yeah. add to this?
1: Oh yeah, uh, he like the the little item is like right between his legs, and he like tries to grab it with his legs. And as I'm like pulling him out of it, do we does he succeed in that? Maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. Uh, he gets his legs around it, but uh, you're going to take some damage because now you basically just got just got uh, hammer thrown into this thing. So you're going to take, this is Carl's fault. He grabbed you. You're going to take, oh, you only take six damage. You take six acid damage and you wrap your legs around it, but you haven't pulled it out yet. All right, Dan. <laughs> and this thing is now pretty small. It's only maybe a little bit bigger than tug, maybe down to like five feet tall. Up first is the one that attacked you originally, Carl. And seeing this happen, it's going to lunge at you with its open mouth and try to just swallow you inside it. So give me a dexterity saving throw. 16. 16. Okay, that passes. So you barely get swallowed, but you're able to pull yourself out. You're still going to take... You're still going to take 6 damage from this thing as it, it... it reaches out with its mouth and grabs onto you. So you still take the acid damage, but you manage to wriggle free okay. up next is the small thing with tug. Uh, and tug is basically inside of it as you smash him on top of it. And it's gonna try to engulf you as well. Tug. So make me a deck saving throw
2: on deck saves. It's always half on deck successes. No damage.
1: Also, you get plus two to saving throws
2: for my aura protection.
0: Oh, this should be no problem.
2: Uh, 25.
0: Yeah, you roll to the side with this golden coin, with this golden plate, and you manage to get it out of this body, and you can very, you can tell very well now that this is the prize that you were meant to come to this kingdom for. It is a bright golden plate with a jar of jelly inscribed in the inside. Durf, you're up.
1: Okay. Is there... It, were I to use a spell that affected a 20-foot cube... Is it geometrically possible for me to hit the two goops and not hit anyone else?
0: No. Bummer. Because Carl and Tug are basically in between the two. That's
1: dumb. It's dumb of you guys. Hmm. Hmm. I mean... mean,
2: you can just kind of let it loose. Like, why not? We Yeah, like, we're, we'll heal. My
1: plan is to do 4d12. So.
0: oh
2: I mean maybe not because
1: I'll definitely die <laughs> <laughs> let's see um all right well I'm gonna can I I'll make a cube which however somehow let's see how far are the two blobs from each other
0: they're only about five feet
1: oh really and they're right between them so they're like in exactly. a very small uh, it's all in a very yeah. small. Line.
0: And you're right there too because you attacked one with a mop.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to make a 20 foot cube which basically catches the big one in the corner
0: mm-hmm. so okay. it doesn't hit
1: anybody else.
0: And then going outwards. Right. Yep.
1: And I'm going to use a fourth level spell slot, Erupting Earth. Okay. Um, which causes a fountain of churned earth and stone to erupt in a 20 foot cube. Uh, the monster must make a dex saving throw.
0: Okay. All right, dex save, coming in hot. That is a three. That will not do it. Okay. And I used
1: a fourth level spell slot, so he takes four d12. Uh, let me find some fucking d12s. That's... Did you have these spells the whole time? No. (laughs)
2: Because I feel like you've done no damage ever.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, how many d12 do you need? Four. I got him. Is this a concentration spell at all? Uh, nope.
1: Uh, monster, six on the first two dice roll. And then 12 on the second two. So six plus 12 plus wisdom, 22.
0: 22 damage? Yeah. Okay, nice. And you damage this a whole lot. This, Yeah, go ahead. It also
1: becomes difficult terrain.
0: Okay, so it's just harder to move around it. Yeah. All right, so underneath this, this jungle scene, the earth starts to churn, and some of the robots fall forward and crash against the ground as the earth just goes... And all around this jelly monster, uh, you know, shards of rock are just coming out from underneath it, um, spraying purple goop to the left and to the right, and it looks about half the size as it did before. Tug, you're up.
1: Um, does, uh, does Tug heal? Is he standing in the is box? He Standing in the spirit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So t- yeah. So yes. All right. He's only at, he's only at twenty seven, so he's gonna gain seven, no matter what, six, no matter what. Yeah, he gains thirteen plus
0: seven, Okay.
2: So nice. so I'm next to the so there's the little one, but there's also the big one. Correct. Yep. That you one. Got the little
0: one basically right on you. You just pulled this this golden plate out from it.
2: Um, with my feet. So I still yep. got my hands. Yep. Um. I will use my my three attacks here um, and just go in on the little one, try and kill it. Okay. 21. Yep. Higher than 21. 23. Yep. <laughs> uh, natural one.
0: Uh, roll again. 17. Yeah, you're good. All three.
2: Okay. So I'm going to roll 3d6. And uh, because of my potion, that'll be plus, what's eight times three? 24. 24. Wow. Uh, 30.
0: 30. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, you're using slashing damage, so you would normally split this thing in two. However, you did enough damage that you kill it, so go ahead and tell me how it works, how it happens.
2: Um, Just uh, a vicious combo of punches on the last one. The jelly kind of goes and just like, ends up on the animatronics uh, around the edge and just right. awkwardly gloops around, and I pick up the uh, the medallion with the jelly on, inscribed on it and and kind of hold it up uh, uh, Legend of Zelda style. Da-da-da-da-da. Jesus Christ. It, it swirls in between my hands, and we're victorious. Or at okay. least I'm victorious because I do everything, apparently.
0: All right. <laughs> All right, Carl, you're up. Still got a jelly in front of you. Uh, perfect. I'm going to pull out the White Thorn and see
1: if I can't finish this up.
0: Okay. Rotate. it.
1: So I've got an 18 and a 20 to hit.
0: Uh, both will hit.
1: All right. Uh, If I do enough damage to kill it with the first attack, I'll know before the second attack, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So first attack. Seven damage.
0: Okay. You don't kill it? All right, second attack. Uh, I will expend a spell slot. You don't kill it, and actually, Carl, uh, you're using a sword. That's slashing damage. This thing splits in two again. Dang it. Um, And you see two very small gelatinous jelly monsters in front of you now. So which one do you want to target with your second attack? Uh, The
1: right one. Okay. Second attack. I'm not gonna use the spell slot then. Uh, Eleven damage.
0: Okay, so you kill that one. You manage to splat that one with the with the remainder of your your swinging sword. Uh, They're so such little jelly that you just that thing dissolves into nothing. Um, up next is the smaller half that uh, that split to the left, and it's going to reach out at you with another one of these fists. Carl rolls a fourteen. Does not hit. All right, so that misses. Durf, you're up.
1: All right. kind of assumed Carl was going to kill it, so I didn't really think through my
0: action. Light it up. Mop that shit up. Light, mop it up.
1: I use Shillelagh on my mop.
0: Okay. Which uh, <laughs> and
1: I now use my spellcasting ability instead of strength on the attack and damage rolls for it. And I... I twirl it around like a bow staff, do a couple spins and mop down on the on the guy.
0: All right, roll your 2d4 plus your wisdom. Well, I got to pass, right?
1: Yeah, you got to attack first. Oh fuck. 9. That'll hit. Oh.
0: Yay, 9. Yeah. <laughs> this thing has an AC of 6. Spoiler alert.
1: All right, so <laughs> 2d4 plus 4. Uh,
0: 9. You did it. That's exactly enough. (laughs) All right. You swing your mob straight down. You just hear this as the purple goop flies around and the whatever was crawling up the, the um, slope into the shack just kind of pools and slides back down as this jelly monster dies and you're out of initiative.
1: By the way, I never knew that Shillelagh was a bonus action until just now when I wished it was. And I would like to, Retcon every melee attack I've made in this entire campaign.
0: <laughs> okay, which is like three.
1: As a wisdom throw instead of a strength throw?
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: Luckily, we had that mop.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a game changer. All right, what do you want to do?
1: Um, what? Is the little. So we're out of awake? combat?
0: You're out of combat, out of initiative.
1: Pardon me, miss. Who the fuck are you and why are you here?
0: <laughs> yeah, she, um, this is the teenage girl and she kind of like staggered to sit up. Again, she's wearing this like yellow dress that's now just covered in, in purple shit everywhere. She's got this long black hair. And she says So well, she who? looks like the girl from the ring. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah, pretty accurate. Yeah, yep. we'll kick
2: her in her fucking face and leave. <laughs> I don't need to have my life.
0: Okay. Well don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, We're not gonna do that. Um she she says she like opens her eyes and wipes this stuff off of her face and and she coughs up a couple more times before she says, Where? Where am I?
1: Um you're uh, a- now, we're in the part.
0: jungle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we, are do the <laughs> <laughs> we are the lamest people on earth. <laughs> that is so bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, we're in the uh jam, jammy jelly jelly jungle. jungle uh cotton candy village.
0: She looks around real quick to the left and to the right and she, she hops up on her feet and she says no no I need to find my father Who very are you?
2: weird can you sl- let's slow down let's <laughs> slow down. We just saved you we're gonna ask a couple questions relax relax so you know where you are now? Number one, how'd you get here?
0: And she stumbles back a little bit and uh, leans up against that hippo. And she holds her head and she's like wiping her forehead. And she's like, my, my head. It's so, it's so fuzzy. I, I don't remember how I got here. I just remember me and my father, we were together and there was, there was music and there was, and there was dancing and, and we were running We were running from something, something furry. I also want to give a quick shout out to our awesome $5 patrons, Olivia Fumiati, Seth Harrison, Kevin DeHart, Jacob Torres, Mark Deacons, Thomas Sanchez, Matthew Watson, Kevin Kozlowski, Paul Dunn, Jesse Jones, David Barron, Eric Hancock Blake Tolliver, Andy Chamont, Dan McStockerson, Jason Ripman, Ja'Kayla, Joshua Motsinger, Nicole Chapin from the Redshift Podcast, Noah Hunt, Marco Olufsen, Ian Coughling, Jonathan Huff, William Martin and his buddy Hugh Jars, Elemental.fm, Alignment Unclear, Joshua Hebert, Jack Mega, Joshua Fieni, Nick Vukalich, Vitaly Vasilyuk, David Ginsberg from the Tales from the Phantom Podcast, Joe Quiggle from the Dad and d Podcast, and Adam Hoffling. Thank you guys so much.